let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. One sat alone beside the highway begging His eyes were blind, the light he could not see He clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee when Jesus comes, it's time again for the Family Altar Program with Evangelist Lester Roloff. When Jesus comes, all the tears are dried away. And here now he is Brother Roloff. And fills the life with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. And I want every mother and dad in Radio Land to think about this next statement, that is, your children are either going to be afraid of you, or you're going to be afraid of them. Now, which one you think ought to be afraid? I'm talking about in the sense of respect and, and godly fear. You show me a child that will not respect his mother or dad, and I'll show you an unhappy and twisted child and miserable parents. And that's where we are right now. I used to think, and some of the neighbors thought, that we were unduly afraid of my dad. But I can see now it was a healthy fear. I didn't always obey my dad because I loved him. But I knew that there would be some consequences if I did not obey him. But there came a day when I obeyed him because I believed he was right. And he was my dad. And my mother was a God-fearing mother. And young people, I'm not blaming you because Babies are not born respecting their parents. A baby has no respect for his parents when he's born. Now, if you don't see that, you don't see what the Bible says. A, a baby's born without respect, has no respect for himself, has no respect for his mother. You think that baby minds waking his mother up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? Not one bit. Just my happy privilege to do so. No matter how tired the mother, no matter how weary the dad, no, how, no matter how many are trying to sleep, it doesn't make the baby. He has no respect for the welfare of anybody. And that baby, you better hear me tonight, that baby's going to get worse and worse and more dangerous and more dangerous until somebody conquers a little rascal. And I do mean little rascal. And I believe the Bible teaches that as well as it teaches salvation by grace. I've never known of such fearful parents as we've got living in the world today. I begin the message, though, by saying what somebody and this dad put in my hand when he met me at the airport 
in a distant city, some 600 miles from here. It's a long article. Zale, Z-A-L-E, Zale, still, steel man. Sometimes, you know, you think when Brother Olaf preaches discipline, and some of you get tired of hearing it, and wish we could delete it from the dictionary and from all the preaching and conversation, but notice what he said. He, of course, that's Tony Zale, and uh, in good shape. Now, here's some statements he made. Living right to Zale means no smoking or drinking. He's got no use for them. It means going to church every Sunday and behaving myself. Now, that may not be enough, but at least uh, it uh, kind of heads off in the right direction. Now, I trust he means the right kind of church. Where the gospel is preached. Now, then, notice what he said. I haven't found too many kids who are capable of being championed. And we don't have any champions these days. I'd like to be a champion at something, wouldn't you? I'd like to challenge you, you girls. And uh, that, uh, that you want to be a champion. Either they, notice, Zale said in his soft, easy manner, either they can't live right or they don't have the ability. Some have the ability, but they don't live right. They want to play. They don't sacrifice. Now, get it, and here's my text and uh, my subject tonight. If you don't sacrifice, you have nothing. In other words, Tony Zale said, I didn't become the steel man sitting around the hamburger joint with French fries and ketchup, potato chips, and that's the average life most people live. No more conviction than a wet noodle. And I'm going to preach on something that I know very little about. And that's real sacrifice. We talk about a mission field. We talk about a mission. How many of us have suffered very much in this mission field? Why, brother, we live plush lives around here. Nobody's overworked or underfed. When Elijah went into hiding for three years and a half, he prayed every water faucet off before he went. There wasn't any sort of a fog or a dew that fell for three years and a half. You'd say, that's a horrible old prophet, maybe. But I tell you one thing, they're glad to see him when he showed up. He told them, but they wouldn't pay him any attention. Sacrifice. Turn your Bible, please, to Romans chapter 12. Therefore, he said. Now, that therefore ties the 12th chapter on to the greatest doctrinal treatise that's ever been penned or written, the great theologian has just laid forth some great truths. Number one, the depravity of man, the insufficiency of man, 
the sinfulness of man, including homosexuality, including getting so vile and filthy and vulgar that God gave them up to unclean living, unclean learning, and unclean loving. Same thing we face today. Amen? Amen. Same old dirty thing we face today in this country, except we're going to legalize it and make it nicer, they say. We're going to legalize it. We're going to license it, just like we license liquor. They're going to license all the rest of the sins that the modernists can't handle. In other words, if you can't find the answer to it, accept it. And that's what we've done in this generation. Sin's not so horrible anymore. Sin's not hideous. Sin's not a killer anymore. Sin's fun. Sin's fun. The only thing is, sin just doesn't work. It doesn't work for happiness or holiness or perfection. It doesn't work for goodness. And there's nobody in America or any nation on earth that's happy living in sin. That's the only thing wrong with it. Sin is a killer. Sin has dug every grave, made every bottle of liquor, busted every home, built every jail cell, built every insane institution, every psycho ward. I said sin has done every deadly, damnable thing that's ever been done. Sin did it. And yet we still want to license sin. But the average person doesn't know what sin is. Look at your innocent light and say, I don't see anything wrong with it. Now turn to Romans chapter 12. After all of these wonderful warnings and uh, getting to the very root of sin and salvation by grace through faith plus nothing and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead and getting saved. Now then... After he's told us how to be saved, what did he do? He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that's Christians, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy, H-O-L-Y, holy. Holy. H-O-L-Y. You say, what's holy? That's like God. He's holy. That's like the Bible. It's holy. That's like the Spirit of Jesus. That's Holy Spirit. That's the kind of bodies we're supposed to have. Holy. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. H-O-L-Y. Holy. What did he say? What's your reasonable service and it's acceptable to God. Amen. Is that what we want? Do we want to be acceptable to him? Well, he said, this is what you're going to do then. Which is your reasonable service. I tell you what the race is about. I tell you what the fight is about. It's a question of whether you want to be acceptable with the world or with God. Just make up your mind, honey dear. Just go ahead and say, now, am I trying to please the world or am I trying to please God? Well, I tell you what I found out. I believe it's harder to please the world than it is God. I mean, as a Christian, now, when you please the world, you haven't pleased anything. I'd just soon try to please a dead horse. What have you pleased when you please a nasty world? Nothing. Go ahead and please the flesh. What will it do? Kick you out. 
What did the little dope-head girl said uh, when they ran with the hippies? Well, they kept me for a week or two weeks, and then they kicked me out because a new one came along. And the, you know why? They got tired of the flesh. Have you got sense enough to see that? Do you realize that the flesh is always looking for strange flesh? Did you know that? And did you know that the more familiar you get with the flesh, the more you'll hate it? And the less satisfied you'll be? Why can't God's people see the only thing that wears well is the Christian relationship between you and Jesus? You never get tired of that. And to Jesus every day I find my heart is closer drawn. He's fairer than the glory of the golden purple dawn. He's all my each day goes to sweeter than he was the day before. The heart cannot be on the side of the golden The heart the golden before. In the book of Ephesians now. The book of Ephesians. Chapter 5 and verse 2. Starting at verse 1, Though be ye therefore followers, just followers of God, as what? Dear children, dear children, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, hath given and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling savor. And did you notice what he said after that? But fornication and all, that's all of it, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named once, let it not be once named among you as becometh what? Saints. Now, this next verse just about chops the limb off with us, doesn't it? I mean, now, this one right here, I mean, it just sure slows me down. I mean, it makes me want to head back for number four again. You know, the more I'm by myself, the less jesting and the less silliness I have. I mean, I can get serious when I'm walking with God and nobody around. I mean, people are just a stumbling block to people. Did you know that? I mean, that's right. We're trying to make impressions on people. Notice what he said. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater. My, I met a man the other day was so poor, the only thing he had was millions of dollars. That's the emptiest fellow you ever saw. Miserable, miserable, no happiness in his home, no happiness in his heart. His children do not respect him. All that poor fellow's got is a batch of money. And he's scared he's fixing to lose it. And he is. <laughs> he is. It'll soon be gone. Well, he said, what, covetous? That's being an idolater. You're, you're living in idolatry when you're covetous. Hath any inheritance? You don't have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And brother, 
That's all you can have is an inheritance. You don't work for it. I'm going to inherit the kingdom. I'm going to inherit heaven. You know why? I got born into his family. I'm going to inherit everything that my heavenly father has. The Bible said I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir. And brother, I tell you, that joint heir, that, that's, that's, that stumbles my imagination. I mean, I could imagine being an heir. You know, you could be about a hundredth, you know, about a hundred. But brother, when you get to be joint, that means I get as much as he does. Now, I didn't own none of it. Now, I didn't work for any of it. Now, I'm not supposed to have any of it. And yet, I'm just going to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, when I say that, now, the Bible, not, he's not talking about just money. Brother, there's something, because we won't need money when we get to heaven. And uh, the money system's playing out down here now. The very thing that man loves the most, he's losing. And the very thing he's given his life to getting, he's losing. I think about that great missionary. And I doubt if in anybody's generation, when these missionaries went over to the Indians and were killed, and that great Christian saint said just before he went to be with the Lord, at the hands of people that did not understand, he said, why call me a fool? Forgiving what I cannot keep in order to receive what I cannot lose. My brother, he didn't lose it. He said he lost his life. No, he didn't lose his life. <laughs> he gained his life. He's lived more since the day he gave his life on the mission field than he could have lived in a thousand lives. Why, listen, he was around the world the next morning before breakfast. He was traveling by airplane, newspaper, television, radio, all of it, telling how missionaries gave their lives as human sacrifices. That's what he's talking about here. Come back to, to the book of uh, Romans, please. The next verse tells us what we are. The other one tells us what we ought to be. Verse 2, chapter 12, Be not conformed. You know what conform will do? Conformity brings deformity, spiritually. You know the reason most of us are spiritually retarded? It's because we're conformed to the world. We dress like the world, act like the world, live like the world. That brings on a deformed condition and a spiritually retardation condition. I'm amazed, and I can't imagine what we're going to have in the next ten years if this world rolls on. But you talk about mental. It's getting worse every year. There are more mental uh, conditions being born today than ever before. You know why? All the dope. All the pills, all of the uh, nervous conditions of mothers, and no peace and no joy. After all, uh, did you know, and, and Ms. Roloff, I guess she's more of an authority along this line. She's read so many books and studied and, and interested in babies. But did you know that an unhappy, expectant mother can give birth to a nervous baby? 
Why is it babies a lot of times are so miserable and cry and yell and jumpy and mothers many times did not plan or pray for that child to come? And that child was unwelcome to start with. Now, I know it's a miracle how mother can turn around and say, that's my greatest blessing right there. And God gives them the victory if they're Christians, if they're Christians. But, oh, there was a time, there was a time when every child came as a tremendous benefit and blessing. And it was something, back in the Old Testament, if a, if, if a wife could not have children, she felt that the very curse of God was on her. She longed to hear a baby cry or see a baby smile. And uh, there was a time when mothers would sacrifice their very lives for their children. We've lost the spirit of sacrifice. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For, notice how he speaks. I say, how do you say? Through the grace. I talk grace talk. You know what he said over there in the book of Colossians? He said, uh, and let your speech be always with grace, season with salt. May know how he ought to answer every man. All right. He said, I say through the grace given unto me. Every man, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. There you are, grace and faith. All right, let's go to Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Philippians, verse 17. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy. I'll enjoy that. And rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. For I trust in the Lord Jesus. Well, let's read the fourth chapter now and verse 18. Chapter 4, verse 18. But I have all, I have all. That ought to be enough, wouldn't it? Can you see him? As he said, uh, uh, I... Verse 12, I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I'm instructed both to be full, to be hungry, to abound, suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And uh, notwithstanding, he said, you've well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. And this would be a good place to stop, wouldn't it, and say, thank the Lord for the churches that have gotten a burden for the work. We are delighted that you joined us today for the Family Altar program with Evangelist Lester Roloff and the message, Real Sacrifice. To receive this message on a CD, simply ask for offer number RO3314. To help us cover shipping and handling, we ask for a gift of $10. We'd also like to have the call letters, the radio stations you're now listening to, and also today's date. To order by credit card, call toll-free at 1-800-772-7507. Our address, the Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises, Post Office Box 1177, Corpus Christi, Texas, 78403. May is the anniversary of the Family Altar Program, 
And also, we entitled it Letter Month. It's also the month that uh, Brother Rolf really founded the ministry right here. We'd love to hear your comments from some of you about the ministries of the Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises in the past and the Family Altar Program, of course. Some of the listeners that have written us, uh, one here is from Dallas, Texas, said, Friends, we pray the ministry will be prosperous with souls for Jesus. This ministry has meant so much to our family. God bless and keep up with the good work. We love you. And we love that message also, my friend. Here's another message coming from North Carolina, Lake Toxaway. That's a beautiful title. I love your preaching and what you all stand for. My gift is not much, but I hope it helps keep the faith and stands for Jesus. I pray for the ministry of Jesus Christ through Brother Roloff's life. God bless you all. And we thank you for that uh, letter, and we would love to hear from many of you. There's others out there, hundreds and perhaps thousands that are listening, have been listening for years, and uh, maybe you've never written. And this is the chance to uh, not only encourage us, but help us uh, even financially during this particular time when the financial situation of the country is just a little bit questionable. But our message this month is entitled, Faith, the Second Greatest Gift. This is our special offer for May. Now, it's available for $10, and Brother Roloff answers questions such as, What does faith have to offer? And where can I get faith? How do I use it? Well, our toll-free order line is 1-800-772-7507, or you may write us at the Roloff Evangelistic Enterprises Post Office Box 1177, Corpus Christi, Texas, 78403. And we do accept credit cards. That toll-free number again is 1-800-772-7507. Now remember again, this is Letter Month. And uh, as a vote for your station to keep us on uh, the air in your area, we must hear from you today. So sit down while you're thinking about it right now and write to the Family Altar Program at uh, Post Office Box 1177, Corpus Christi, Texas, 78403. Now, this is Gene Price speaking for the staff here today, wishing you all a wonderful day, and we're looking forward to being with you again here on the Family Altar Program. The strangers to God, His grace and His love, were gathered by blue Galilee to listen with joy to words from the lips of the stranger who sat by the sea. They came, and they were blessed. He gave the weary rest. He made the blinded eyes to see. He fed the hungry soul, and he made the wounded whole by the waters of Blue Galilee. They sat at his feet and they looked in his face, content in his presence to be, for no one before had cared for their souls like the stranger who sat by the sea. They came and they were blessed he gave the weary rest He made the blinded eyes to see He fed the hungry soul And He made 
the wounded hold by the waters of blue Galilee. Thank you for listening and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.